Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 7, Episode 10. I've got Matt Sweetman, Brady Devine, and Andy Cowan. We're going to preview all of our presentation for the upcoming Coaches Clinic this Friday and Saturday. Let's hit it. Colin Altavo. I am here with Matt Sweetman. We're doing our coaching clinic preview. We're going to go through the uh, coaches presenting their distance presentations for the clinic. Uh, so Matt, you got two of them here coming up in February. We're going to release, we're recording this a little early, peek behind the curtain, but we're going to release these the week of the uh, IATCC. How many C's is it? It's like eight C's. I think there's uh, three. Three cross country yeah, coaches three. Yeah. i usually just keep staying c until the time runs out on the zoom uh you've got two of them your first one is called the feeder system so tell me what i imagine that's uh how you as the head high school coach let, let me get this straight you are the head cross country coach for boys and girls and you're the head girls track coach and then you also coach the boys distance runners so you're an assistant boys track coach correct um, so I imagine this presentation is about how you work with your feeder programs. Franklin Central, Franklin Township has two middle schools. Just one now. Oh, they closed one of them. Yeah, okay. it's uh, we've got about 1,700 students at that one junior high. Uh, so it's uh, just seventh and eighth grade. Uh, but our we have two intermediate schools now that go up to sixth grade. So um, we allow our sixth graders to do certain sports. So track and cross country would be sports that they could participate in um, as how sixth does, graders. How does that work then? They just have to get themselves to the junior high for practice? Uh, we've got a shuttle that takes them. Okay. Yeah, and it works out really well in cross country because one of the uh, intermediates is where our course is. So those kids just stay there and there's a uh, they're on the exact same schedule as our junior high. Uh, so they get out at the same time. We have a shuttle that brings the kids over from Kitley Intermediate uh, to Edgewood Intermediate, and then all of our junior high kids can practice there. So it works okay. out pretty well. So this is you're stepping on one thing that I did want to get to before we get to your presentations, which is how all of us as coaches are connected. And you mentioned Kitley. So yep. th maybe this is the best connection. So like a lot of them are, hey, we coached at the same school, whatever. We lived in the same city. But here's a good one. My mother-in-law taught at Kitley for a long time, and my mother-in-law was your fifth grade teacher? Fifth grade teacher, yes. Yes. So, and and my grandfather-in-law, I guess we never really extended more than a couple a generation, but he lives across the street from that Edgewood one. Yeah. And that's, that's a, kind of funny because we live in the neighborhood right across from Edgewood as well. So he may be... Uh, Maybe somewhere close. I don't know. Yeah, he's in some really old home right off of uh, right off of Edgewood. So, what would you say is yep. the um, what's the thesis statement of that kind of first presentation, the feeder system? Um, I think it's really easy to kind of get caught up in um, you know a feeder system, looking at the numbers of how many kids come out, um, the training that's being done. 
the coaches, but really what I'll probably focus more on is uh, kind of key relationships that uh, I feel help with our feeder system. Certainly there are um, schools that have uh, had great success uh, from their junior high carrying over to their high school programs uh, and are probably, you know, quite possibly doing it a lot better than we are. Uh, but just kind of sharing what it is that I feel makes uh, our feeder system um, work really well. And really the biggest thing is it's the relationships uh, of all the people that are involved with a feeder system. And there's probably going to be some situations where there are, um, you know, people involved in our feeder system that may not be involved in other schools' feeder systems. But what I feel helps us is having the people involved that we have involved. And it's a pretty big group of people. So um, getting all those people on the same page, I think certainly helps. Is there anything in that presentation that you think might, that you're gonna say that you think might surprise people? Um, well, really uh, the biggest thing is that I teach at the junior high. So now that we're all in one junior high, um, I'm able to, you know, I think in a lot of situations, high school head coaches also teach in the high school. So um, this is kind of a unique situation. I teach in the junior high. Uh, so I'm able to make those connections with those kids uh, at the junior high level before they get to high school. And uh, teaching PE, I see a lot of kids that come through our classes and, you know, can help try to get them interested in the cross country and track and field and, um junior high, which ultimately is going to help us at the high school level if they're if they get hooked and, and enjoy it. So um, it's really difficult schedule wise to be a head coach at Franklin Central and teach at Franklin Central with the way our schedules are set up. Our junior high uh, gets out an hour after the high school. So um, I'm fortunate enough to have last period prep uh, so that I can head over to practice as soon as as soon as it starts so so run so in franklin township schools you're saying the high school gets out at what time three o'clock they're out at 2 15 and our team yeah okay. we and you're out at early risers uh yeah yeah so and you have but you have the last period off are you in block scheduling right. so you have like 90 minute classes uh no no we have um, six periods at our junior high and our junior high, uh, fifth period ends at 210 and okay. it's approximately two miles away from our high school. So at 210, I leave each day to head over to the high school. So how does that, where do you guys meet for your, I'm a, this isn't even part of our rundown. I'm just kind of fascinated by it because yeah. I, I teach, I have last period prep, all the head coaches but I teach at the high school. Yeah. So I have an extra 90 minutes or so to kind of get ready. And like, if, if it's bad weather or uh, hot yeah. or whatever, I've got that whole time to kind of get ready, look outside, see what's going on. Um, yeah. What you get there, how easy is it even to get there as school is getting out? Um, I usually get there right as, schools letting out. Um, we meet on the track every day. Um, our football team practices on our main field. We also use kind of the uh, area in the end zone 
uh, to use as kind of a home base where we'll do our stretching and um, hurdle drills, things like that. Um, but a typical week for us um, in cross country, Monday and Wednesday, we would um, have everyone hop on the shuttle bus that would take everyone out to Southeast Way Park. And Monday would usually be our long run day. So we would run that out, uh, out on some country roads out there and everyone would be picked up from the park at the end of practice. And then Wednesdays, we would usually do one of our hard workouts um, out there at Southeast Way. We've got a 2K loop uh, that we do out there on the paved path uh, that is pretty nice. So, um, but yeah, we've got, that's another, another big part of, you know, the, our, our program just in general, and I probably don't give, give them as much credit as I should as our transportation department, because they, they, they set aside a bus for a bus driver and comes, picks up our kids right by the locker room and they all, uh, ride out to, uh, the park two days a week and, uh, cross country season. So. And I think that's, you know, maybe this is a big school thing. Uh, Carmel, where I coach and teach, is is the biggest school in the state, and Franklin Central is certainly in the top twenty. Is like shuttles, and I think that may be in our future as well. We're not that far from Northview, where the Flash Rock meet is, uh, where the Zionsville four K is, where the Carmel Semi State used to be. Yeah, the Franklin Central Central Semi State was there for a couple of years, yeah. Um, and that's what we're just having disappearing things on campus. It's concrete mm -hmm. jungle around there, and it's it's getting more so that way that uh, I was talking to my AD about that, like, uh, it's going to be tough to get all those kids out there. And he's like, Oh, we can run a shuttle. Yeah. So I think that maybe the kids, do you have some kids drive themselves too? We do. Anybody that, um, anybody that drives to school can drive themselves out to the park. But um, I have a rule that they can't, can't take any passengers unless they're blood related. So that's the only uh, time they can take someone with them just how, how stringent is this siblings can you do cousins siblings just siblings, just siblings uh we don't okay. we don't we haven't had any cousins come up yet so i'm not sure we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there i guess because if you go far enough back i mean we're all related Some, somewhere yeah somewhere no, no, nobody's used that one yet uh yeah. hey here, here's another connection you mentioned southeast way park Derek leininger i mean the boss of indiana runner got married at southeast way park yeah, that was the site That's of his impressive. of his wedding. There are there are two special seasons out at Southeast Way Park each year. There's always um, probably right around uh, October, early November is uh, you know the uh, Christmas photo, uh, fall photo yep. sessions that pop up uh, out there, and then um, you know right after New Year's. You see a really big uptick in activity in the park. All the New Year's resolutions that people are going to exercise more and get after it. This was probably the the least motivated year I've ever seen out there. Uh, mainly because probably because of the uh, the temperatures that were occurring right after New Year's. But um, or maybe you know, everybody just had such a, a good twenty twenty three. They didn't need to make any changes. I, Exactly. They're already fit. They don't need, they don't need to change anything with their life. So I think maybe this is just going to be a really content year for a lot of people. 
So you and I are on the two presentation bandwagon, you, me, and Derek, who got married at Southeast Bay Park, home of your practices. Your other one is lactate threshold training. Uh, so these are two pretty different topics. This this one seems yeah. more like what people may be coming into, not that it's more valuable and learning how to how to manage your feeder systems as, as the head of a high school program uh, is incredibly valuable. What what are some basic tenets or what is your kind of central message in this lactate threshold training session? Yeah, so really just, uh, yeah, just uh, the big thing is is kind of using that lactate threshold training as kind of the primary component of uh, all of the training we do, uh, regardless of uh, the distance. Um, unfortunately, we're going to be speaking at the same time, but I wanted to. Uh, oh, we're, no, they switched the schedule. To... We're at different okay. times. I'm at okay. 820. So, so just running through some of these four distance runners, uh, you're at six on Thursday. And then at seven on Thursday night is Eric Hines from IU. Andy yep. Cowan, my friend who will be on this podcast later on, former Carmel assistant who is the Garen coach, is at eight on Thursday. And then the coaches social is at nine on February 1st. Uh, 820 is me for distance. That's progression and improvement. And then you're 930 for lactate threshold training. And then I'm 1045 for what's titled distance training for a long season. Yep. So we're at different times. Oh, good. You're the same well, I, I did want to. I did want to see uh, Derek speak for sure. Uh, as you know, one of the one of the distances that I coach also uh, on the girls' side is the four hundred. Uh, and you know, our four hundred runners, you know, are not immune to lactate threshold training. Um, sure. So, and he's got uh, two. Yeah. So the one that you're going, he's doing more the science of the 400. And then later on, he's got more like in and yeah. outs of training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the big thing um, that I'm going to talk about uh, mostly is, um, you know, in college, I was very blessed to uh, have a coach uh, named Dr. Robert Chapman, uh, who currently works for USA Track and Field. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny to look at you know, there are some schools that talk about kind of a coaching tree and have kind of used the same principles um, throughout their careers. And right now we've got quite a few really good coaches out there at the college level and even professional. You've got Eric Hines at IU now, Matt Sparks at Notre Dame, uh, Stephen Hass is at uh, out in Flagstaff coaching the Under Armour Dark Sky Distance Project. Uh, mm -hmm. What is for them? Yeah. Yeah. Winnie Clotty just broke the American record. Uh, so he's been coaching her. Um, she's broke the, I think it was the half marathon. Um, Lou Snelling's at Bowling Green. Uh, Tom Chorney is at Georgia. Uh, Jason Carp's at Georgia Southern. Uh, we've just had a lot of coaches that are, um, you know, Coach Chapman coached. And uh, a lot of them were uh, assistants or grad assistants for him and kind of, you know, a, you know adopted kind of those same, uh, principles of training and really basing a lot of their uh, training methods off of uh, the lactate threshold. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing that um, you know we've we've kind of took a taken a look at. But um, you know the big thing with lactate threshold training that that I try to focus on the most is 
just kind of what, you know, we talk about and running a lot. Oh man, I hit the wall at this point in the race, or I hit the wall at this point in this practice, you know, with lactate threshold training, the goal of the entire concept is to move that wall a little bit further back so that you can run farther and faster without hitting that wall. And um, I think you get a, a great stimulus from it, uh, faster recovery. Um, you can do more sessions in a week. And we'll talk a little bit about um, more sessions in a day. So multiple sessions in a day, you know, the big double T, double threshold days is kind of a, a hot button right now. Um, and I've had a few conversations with um, Marius Bakken, who actually uh, is an IU alum and uh, works really closely with the uh, with the Ingebrigtsens uh, in Denmark, so or in uh, Norway. So I think he's got a standing meeting every week with uh, with their dad. So a lot of it is over their double threshold training type stuff. And there's a lot of there's some correct ways to do it and some incorrect ways to do it. Um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of experience using it ourselves at the high school level. And we'll kind of get into, you know, kind of recommendations of what, you know, Marius had to say about certain age groups working, you know, that kind of uh, volume uh, twice in a day and kind of the do's and don'ts that he would recommend for that. Because I know there's definitely probably a lot of questions about that and not a whole lot of information out there to find. So. So sometimes I think the the like the verbiage of track and field or distance training, even more particular, can be kind of confusing because there's like talking about lactate threshold training, which is like aerobic stuff, right? But then there's yeah. lactic training, which is like yeah. three four hundreds at for the boys, maybe three four hundreds at fifty five seconds with fifteen minutes in between. So could you give yeah. us just and obviously you've got an hour long session here. You're going to go much deeper. Could you give us like, what's, what's a, what's a, an example of a lactate threshold training session that you guys might do at Franklin central? Yeah, we're going to get into a lot of the different things we can do. And that's another nice thing about it is there's, you know, we talk about there's more than one way to skin a cat all the time, which, you know, the kids on our team who have pet cats like shriek every time they hear that. But um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different, uh, ways to go about it. And we'll talk about a lot of those. Um, but, and, and there's, there's a good chance that there's quite a few people that are already doing some lactate threshold type work, but, um, you know, one thing that, that we do, you know, the biggest thing that I think is helpful for our kids, we do a kind of a threshold sandwich for our long run where we'll, you know, say a kid has, you know, 10 miles for their long run, we'll have them go two miles easy to begin four miles at threshold pace and then finish up what they've got at the end um, easy, uh, but just running at what their threshold pace. And it's, there's, you know, we're going to go over the different ways to figure out what your threshold pace is, uh, but, you know, the easiest and probably the least expensive way is usually just kind of going off of what your 1600 3200 prs are uh to kind of get a baseline for that and then really just um you know a lot of adjustments for a lot of different things you know the on a super hot day huge super um you know the dew point's really really high you know a lot of people look at the humidity but really the dew point is uh is the biggest thing just adjusting those uh, those days for 
what you're trying to get done. And there's a lot of different ways that, that we can do that. So there's certainly, certainly much easier to, uh, to overrun a day like that. And it turns into something else. It's no longer lactate threshold training. It's a little bit more than that. So, and really, you know, like to your point about uh, the verbiage, you know, most the, I think the more European term that they used for lactate threshold is the anaerobic threshold, which completely the word anaerobic automatically takes yeah. you to a different place too. And that can be really confusing also. So uh, we've always just kind of used LT lactate threshold mm -hmm. um, here because, you know, you, you talk about aerobic versus anaerobic and we get into the you know, the distances that people are running and how much of it should be aerobic, how much is anaerobic, the percentages, which are all over the place, depending on, um, you know, who's, whose study you want to follow. But, um, you know, that can get really, really confusing as to, um, you know, what exactly that means. And then, you know, you and I, and, and so many of the people at this coaching clinic are going to understand, well, here's the ideal thing to do, but also let's remember that we're working with adolescents and yeah. we need to also shape a training method that that works with their brain and that they're motivated to do so and right. that's you know that's two minutes on on what you're going to do but you've got a whole hour so i'm yeah. uh, i'm i'm hopeful that uh, these podcasts can help kind of people pique their interest and, and get to see you there at at 9 30 okay one last thing yeah. and then we'll let you yep. go We're trying to keep these relatively short between uh you and and brady and andy cowan um, what's one thing you're excited about this track season? It can be very specific. It could be this one kid's been working hard or it could be really general. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, you know, we, last year we won our first sectional title in track and field in several, several years, uh, which is pretty difficult to do when Warren Central is in your, um, uh, sectional <laughs> You're telling uh, me. so we would we would love to repeat that on the girls side uh, but really we've got a lot of juniors and seniors that uh, want to run in college and um, you know for our seniors that haven't quite um, figured out exactly where they want to go and are kind of banking on okay I've got to run a lot faster if I want to go here or I, I need to come I need to compare what I need to do here to get to the school I want to go to um, I'm looking forward to, you know, doing whatever we can to kind of get them to that point. I mean, as coaches, we are always trying to get our kids to run as fast as they possibly can. We don't get any, you know, we don't get any bonus for every kid that, you know, runs under, you know, 920 or any yeah, girl that runs under 510. It doesn't matter. We don't get any extra bonus, but we do get to see, um, them run at the next level, which is a lot, an awful lot of fun. So, um, and we've got some juniors that understand that this is kind of the biggest season when it comes to uh, getting the recruiting process started. So um, just really trying to, to set them up for success this year so that um, they can kind of eventually make the next step um, in their lives in the right direction where they want to go. So I like I like the way you frame that, too, because sometimes it almost feels to me. I, I remember even saying to kids, especially if they're like in their senior year and they're like, hey, I'd like to go to this school. And they told me I've got to run this time or I'd like to run this time at this point in the season early on. And sometimes I'm just like, man, that sounds like the start of a not fun track season <laughs> yeah. as you chase these performances. But you you've reframed yeah. that. This is the Weinheimer Ian way to think about it. Like 
you do have this opportunity to get to that point. And let's, let's think through starting now and, you know, mid, mid to late January, how can we get, how can we get to that point? Uh, yeah. I like, yeah, I like, I like how you phrase that. So yeah. Matt Sweetman, he's got two, one is very early Thursday. And then one is kind of the middle of the day. That's I, I think in some ways that's kind of the prime spot that nine 30 people that stayed over Thursday night, maybe they don't, quite get up for that 820 session they're like Colin I'll check yeah. his stuff on Indiana Runner maybe I stayed like, up a little late last night dry January is over but uh you've how got, long you've did got they the, stay at the uh coaches social that yeah, can always have got, an effect you've got that anchor spot at uh at 9 30 and then they can roll over and see see what I got at, at 10 45 hey uh thanks for coming on anything else you got yeah. for us or no just no looking there? forward to it uh hopefully we can uh get some more manageable uh cold weather to uh run in here all right well hey thanks for coming on and i gotta tell you your communication skills are really good i will pass on uh compliments to your fifth grade teacher absolutely she was fantastic as good as they get all right thanks matt yep thanks All right. I am here with Brady Devine. Brady is the uh, cross-country coach. What's your track title? You assistant track coach or you the head track coach? Head track coach as well. For the boys and the girls? Yeah. Yep. So he is the uh, cross-country coach and the track coach. And so you coach the distance runners year-round uh, mm -hmm. at Indian Creek High School uh, on the south side of Indianapolis. Brady's going to do his presentation, which is uh, – small school culture and training. Is that the exact title? Yep. That's it. Yep. Good memory. Um, so that's, that's the name of your presentation. What, uh, what would you say the kind of bullet points are? What is your thesis statement for this presentation? Uh, I would say the, the thesis of it would be a kind of to put together thought would be the impact of cultivating a strong team culture and individualizing training at a smaller school was, was my thought on that. Oh, awesome. Um, and you, okay. So you went to Indian Creek, right? I did. Yeah. And you are back now, but you're not a teacher. You have a, nope. you have a separate day job. What Indian Creek, I should know this maybe a little better because I did go to Franklin for college. It, it's just the junior high and the high school are in one building. Correct. Yeah, at least it looks that way. They're like divided by they share a cafeteria, but on one side of the cafeteria is the middle school and on the other side is the high school. It's a it's a massive building, but yeah, it's all one building. So what this is way different than say, you know, Carmel or Hamilton Southeastern that have multiple middle schools that feed into right. the high school and the middle schools are far away and they may right. start at different times and end at different times. Do you have this is probably part of your presentation, which is why I want to ask this. Do you have an involvement then with the middle school program aside from, oh, I might go to a meet and and cheer the kids on? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, with the school being connected, this kids, I mean, we kind of we kind of make it to where the kids who are, have a reason to be with me as much as they can and kind of doing what we do and they're not going to get pushed at a middle school practice. They'll just kind of run through the cafeteria and then all the way down to the high school locker room, which is on the far side of the school, which it's not very big. I mean, it's not that big of a school, so it's pretty easy. But yeah, we made it to where we just kind of work these kids up from, you know, whenever they're ready sort of thing. But then in like, you know, the off season, I even have several that show up and want to get better every day, which is which is pretty cool. But yeah, being on the same campus and then just the ease of access for these kids is pretty cool for them to just be able to run down and join us every day whenever they can. 
how how long have you been the coach at Indian Creek? Um, this is my seventh season. So, so you've kind of seen. I mean, some of these like next year on the boys' side, you have a great team coming back. You've got four seniors. You've then essentially been their coach all the way through. If this is your seventh year, right? Right. Yep. Yep. That's got to be just. I mean not only what the value that brings for those kids, but that's got to be a massive value for the program that for you're sure. able to work yeah. with them for, for seven years. And I'm sure that's, yeah, that's part of what you're getting into. 100%. Yeah. That's the, that's what makes it great. It's like, and even then it's like getting kids to maybe, maybe that weren't, I knew weren't going to be very good. It's just more like got to get this kid to hold on. Cause you know, he may not be a good middle schooler, but you know, maybe he had a sibling that's good in high school and it's like, just get them to show up every day. And that's, that's been the main thing, which, a couple of my my boys that are you know kind of making the, working their way through the ranks right now are that way. So it's been cool to see it come to fruition like that. Well, I think part of it. I mean, how many kids go to Indian Creek High School? Still about six hundred. Okay, so it's 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 not a it's not a big school. I don't, no. I, don't I don't want to be the coach at Carmel and be like, oh, it's it's bigger than I thought. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a small school, but it's not tiny. No, so, so tiny that there's you know, right, one English class and that's it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I figured I was going. Oh, what I was going to say is, I, I think maybe what what people might find out from yours, you know, you're going to talk about small school. Small school is in the title, but there's going to sure. be stuff in there that good coaching is good coaching, and you're sure. you're saying some of that right now. Like, it's about the relationships. It's about having yeah. these encouraging them, even if they're not the best kid on your team, even if they'll never project to be the best kid on your team. That. I I would imagine that people at, at any size school could relate or get a lot out of this um, Absolutely. culture and, and training aspect of it. Yeah, it's actually interesting. My number one kid this year made the state meet, which is the first time we've had anybody go since 1986, which is pretty cool. And we had two boys go, one sophomore, one junior. But my junior, as an eighth grader, his PR in the 3K was a 1610. <laughs> yep. And he he ran 1610 this year in a 5K. I was say, so. He's probably run that fast for 5K. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He always kind of jokes about it. I mean, was he lazy in middle school? Yes, but it was one of those kids where I'm like, gotta keep this kid coming back. I just gotta get him to like kind of fall in love with it a little bit more. Cause he's I mean he had it in him. It was just, you know, in a middle school where right. you sometimes just don't care. And then he kind of came around and he's he's incredible now. So yeah. So I mean, he's essentially running the last two thousand meters and you know, like one or two Zero seconds. seconds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got a running start though, so maybe that. Helps <laughs> that's <him> right. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, are Are you going to tell all of the coaches at the presentation how how to get a good kid to go from being really good to being the best kid in the state, like Libby Dowdy did this fall? Yeah, yeah, I okay. got a secret for sure. <laughs> so I noticed. So she is. She's also a wrestler, right? I talked to a college coach that was there yeah. at one of the meets, and I was like, oh, who are you, who are you looking at? And um, he mentioned her, but he was like, I'm not allowed, like, I'm not allowed to talk to sophomores or something. But he right. he kind of asked about me. He asked me about her, and I was like, man, she she kind of, I mean, we knew she would be good coming into the season, right? Like, sure. well, you better than, you know, me or Taylor. Sure. Um but I was like, yeah, she kind of came out of nowhere. And there's a lot of good girls in the state. And I didn't think that she would right. beat, you know, any of them. And she turns out she beat all of them. And he mentioned um, when he uh, was looking at, at results and would type her name in, you know, into Google or whatever to find results. He was like, man, all these wrestling videos come up. Is she still doing wrestling? 
Yeah, she is. Actually, last weekend, she wrestled in the state, the girls' state meet, the girls' state tournament, uh, and she got finished third, so she's pretty darn good. Yeah, she actually lost. The girl she lost to is maybe the best girl wrestler, one top five in the country, probably, from okay. Indiana. It was just an absolute beast, so that's, she met her in the semifinals, and her dad, on, I mean, I have a good relationship with her dad. Her dad's the wrestling coach, so he's just kind of like, yeah, probably doesn't have a good shot against her, but you never never count Libby out, you know what I mean? But she obviously didn't beat her, but yeah, finished third, so she's pretty darn good, and especially for her main focus, obviously being running, for her to be as good as she is pretty cool. It's just all kind of like just heart for her in wrestling. She just goes up there and outworks everybody. Well, and that's girls wrestling is like an emerging, it's an emerging yep. IHSA sport, right? So there's boys volleyball and there's girls wrestling and I, I think even though there's one more girls sport, they'd kind of liked it. If they're going to add two, if they're going to add one, they'd like to add another one on the, on the other side. And our wrestling coach, uh, Carmel is, you know, he's the, he's the boys wrestling coach. So he's the girls wrestling coach too, because they're in the same mm -hmm. season. And, yeah. uh, he was saying that like, yeah, who, who I'd really like to recruit and get out here to, to wrestle is cross country runners because sure. they're, they're tough and you know, they're not like they're, they're tough, but they're surprisingly athletic. And I mean, she's the perfect example of that. Sure. One of the best Definitely. wrestlers and one of the best runners. And, you know, it sounds like running is much more her focus. For sure. Absolutely. So she ran, I saw she had run under five minutes. When, mm -hmm. when was last this? Week. A couple of weeks ago? Last week. Last weekend. Yeah. Last Sunday. Yeah. In Louisville. So she wrestled on Saturday. She wrestled on Friday and then, okay. and then right on Sunday. Yeah. For some reason, they do the girls, dolls, the girls stuff on uh, Fridays. I don't know why, but yeah. So yeah. Pretty cool turnaround though for her. That's quite a weekend. Uh, yeah. Are you going to get into this then in your presentation about maybe your things that probably don't happen as much at all at, at Columbus North or Carmel, Hamilton Southeastern. I mean, you are you dealing with multi multi-sport athletes even within the same season sometimes? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the the vast majority of my kids, at least at one point in their career, were were pretty heavy into two sports. I mean, I've had some kids who've kind of geared their ways more towards running, you know, which I don't say anything. I mean, I kind of let them let them choose. I mean, I stay out of that. That's between them and their parents and their other coach. I love I love them when my kids wrestle though, because I think it just makes makes them so much tougher, you know. So that's and then I mean, that's you know bas basketball. I've had a couple like Abby Fleetwood last year, super good basketball player. So yeah, I'm, I'm, that's definitely something I'm going to get into, and it's just kind of find a way to juggle their their training along with it. But I'll, Libby's probably my best example of she didn't slow down with the running. Like we 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 take care of that part first, and then she goes to wrestling practice. So I'll allude to that a little bit for sure. I mean, I don't want to make my whole presentation obviously about Libby, but there definitely will be plenty of uh, examples that I used her definitely. Yeah, like I like the way you put that because it's well, I'm I'm the coach at my school. I don't just coach the star, but right. that is one of the big drawing points that people want to see. What what yeah. do you do with the star? What happens when you have someone like this? And right, you, they're part of the team, but also you it's an individual sport and you've got to find a way to coach that individual. Absolutely. Does yep. she I don't want to step too much on the presentation, but does she run? You you coach the boys and the girls. Does she run with the boys a lot? Yeah, she runs with me and my top group of boys every single day. Yep. What what number would she have been on your boys team this fall? Would five. she have been in the top five? Yeah, she would have been my fifth, and some days maybe a little higher. But yeah, she would have been my yeah definitely my fifth. But it you know a lot of other schools with with six hundred kids. 
she'd she'd be the number one girl or the number one boy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like my, my fifth boy, that sounds crazy. It makes me seem like my boys' team is not any good, but my boys' team is actually pretty darn good. Like, it's not like, you know, everybody can just walk all over us. So, yeah, no, she, that's just that's a lot about her. Crazy. I mean, she worked her butt off. It Was there a point that you can remember, or may, maybe it was very early, right? Because as coaches, you you don't see them necessarily the way they are right now. You see them how they could be in a year or two years from now was there sure. a point where you're like hey she she might actually be able to beat everybody she might be able to win the whole thing this past fall. yeah i mean i would say win the whole thing yeah it was probably this past june but i've known that she was like different since she was in like sixth grade i mean remember okay. i remember specifically a race that we had at home when she was in middle school in sixth grade and her sister is a couple years older and was an eighth grader was the number one girl that year it wasn't very far behind, so it was kind of then. But this past June, kind of after track season, because it's like it's kind of one of those things where, and I and I guess I can take a little bit of blame for this. The I kind of misused her, I guess you could say, but it wasn't intentional. We just had a really really good girls four by eight, and it was just kind of the main focus last year. And uh, Libby could have done any of this in an individual event, but it was just kind of like me and her and her other teammates were like our energy is going towards this four bay because we had a real shot like i mean we were that good like one breakout day from her and her sister and we, we could have been state champs like i'm being serious we were that close so it was just kind of like a lot of energy went towards that so nobody really saw lady dowdy during the spring last year it, it was it was there because then it's like right after the season ended two of those girls graduated and the switch completely flipped i mean it was every single day running with us like a bike she's a boy i mean she trained like a boy worked like a boy and she's I mean in the most complimentary way possible I mean was, that was there like like do you remember one specific workout or one specific run that sticks out where you're like ah, okay I, I've been thinking she'd be good yeah. and could be in the mix and now I'm thinking like she's she's actually she actually is going to beat all these girls yeah yeah I mean so that might have come a little bit later than June but I mean I knew the flip the switch was flipped in June but I, it was probably like mid-July I just all get out because I work a, a job, so we don't practice in the morning. I mean, I think that's to our advantage, too. We practice at 3.30, just like we do during the school year over the summer. But, uh, yeah, we had a long run day, and she came with me and absolutely dusted every boy I had by minutes. I mean, crazy runs. I don't know if you've ever seen anything. I know maybe Josh just told you a little bit about some long runs that we've done, but, I mean, dropping 11, 11 miles at sub-six pace, did that one in July with me, and I'm just like, Wow. I mean, in the last mile, she, you she know, did that in practice many times. Wow, yeah. that's where yeah. that's and where I, I told her. I mean, the, yeah, the, here in the interview, and, and Josh has that. Josh Puccinelli has had you on for the interview series, and I remember listening to that recently. Yeah. And so I don't know if they talked about about it in there. Maybe I just yeah, and it's like people probably think that. that's crazy, and that's not like me forcing that on her. It's more just like we had built up. I mean, I could have been training her since she was in sixth grade. It's not. I mean, it's not maybe crazy for some people to have a girl run that kind of long run, but. When a girl can handle it, a girl can handle it. And trust me, she can. So, well, yeah. this is this is the benefit of being, you know, she's a sophomore, but you've been her coach and kind of, right. you kind of know, like, hey, we, yeah, she did 11. Like, wow, 11, that's insane. Well, she didn't start at 11. We've added five to 10 minutes on per season since Absolutely. she was 12. And now she's 16. And yeah, she, now she's a beast. Exactly. There's probably still somewhere to go because it's not crazy that, you know, college 19 year old college women are going to do 15, 16 and, and yep. she'll be ready for it. 
She definitely will. Yeah, I was just kind of, we got done with that run and I just straight up looked at her and she's obviously the most humble kid ever. And like anything that I say kind of just like soaks in and she doesn't really say much back. But I'm just like, Libby, like, I promise you there's not another girl in Indiana that can do that. And I mean, I feel confident in saying that. I mean, any of those girls, I mean, there are, we have a lot of incredible girls. And I'm like, no, like I was getting after it myself. And I looked at her, I'm like, how did you do that? You know, that, that was literally what I said to her. And she just like kind of smiled and that was it. And we just, does it, you know, it's like, wow. Like I was blown away. I've been, I'm blown away by her daily. It's like, she just feels like one of the, like she's a boy. Like I'm training with a, like a stud boy. She blows sure. me away. So, and you mentioned, you know, last year you kind of held her back or didn't really see what she could do because she right. wanted to run the four bike. That was a team goal. And so that is, sure. that is like the, the central part to your presentation, small school culture and training. It's going to be at uh, five 30. So right after the rules meeting on uh, Friday, no, yes, on Friday, uh, yep. going into into Friday night. So anything else? I think this is a good a good preview for what. It's no, going yeah, to be. I mean the I mean the only other thing I really have to say is just kind of like the most important thing from building my program is like starts at mid the middle school level, of course, and like I said, the main thing about the middle school level for us, we don't have very many kids. Like I had six girls on my cross country team this year. Not very many. I have many more boys than that, but it's like only six girls. But the main thing is just like the coaching and the importance. And I'll talk a lot about this in my presentation of middle school coaching at a small school is vital. And I feel like I'm the best middle school, middle school coach ever. It's uh, her son is actually going to be a freshman next year. Uh, Christy Smith's her name. But yeah, she's just been great. It's just like having a coach that like those kids want to show up for. They continue to love it. They have fun. That's the most important thing at a small school like me. It's like, I just need these kids to get in ninth grade and say, I still want to run cross country. Like she's a massive part in, in that. So yeah, that's, that's, that is a really, really big point for me. And I mean, I'm just so happy that the program's where it's at. So when her sons are all the way in high school, I'm hoping maybe I can keep her doing it, but I doubt it, but it's been great. I think it's why a reason why we've had a lot of success lately. So. And, you know, more, more good things to come. You had a pretty good boys team this year and looks like you're getting in, I had said this on a previous podcast. I mean, like it might be the best eighth grade class that any school's getting. Yeah. I mean, they won the, they won the state meet. They would have won the big school meet and then they won the Nike middle school meet as well. So yeah, stud class. I mean, absolute studs. They were super hard too. It's, it's going to be cool to kind of see, cause they're all such little guys too. It's not like I have any dudes that really look like high schoolers at all on that team. They're all little bitty dudes. So see them kind of grow and, you know, just kind of grow up a little bit and grow into the sport. I mean, it's a big change coming to high school. So, you know, you don't expect that success right away, but it's going to be nice to have a class come in that's, you know, done what they've done. It'll be great. Yeah. Ready to sit on the other side of the cafeteria. That's that's right. <laughs> cool. All right. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, we will see you next week at the, uh, at the clinic. So five, five 30, small school culture and training, but it's not just about small schools. It's good. It's good coaching. It'll be valuable for everybody. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We're moving forward. I am here with my friend, Andy Cowan. Andy is the uh, girls cross country coach and the boys and girls uh, track and field coach at Guerin High School in uh, Hamilton County. Andy's going to do his presentation. Let's just, let's get right into it, Andy. And uh, you know me really well. And so I'm going to use this opportunity to go over not just your presentations. You've seen some of mine. I've sent you the stuff. 
so we can kind of talk about mine and do a preview of both of our presentations for the coaching clinic. So what is the name of your presentation? It's titled Raise the Floor, Tenants That Transform Team Trajectories. I like that because it's alliterative. And I, I, we, uh, gone back and forth with ours. And uh, when you said that, I started putting in a lot of alliteration in mind too. I was like, what, you know, give, got to give the people what they want. What would you say is the main point of your presentation? Like a thesis statement, even. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be sharing some foundational principles that coach Ullman, who is the boys cross country coach that the two of us have kind of leaned upon during our time coaching together at Garen Catholic for the last uh, five to six years. So there, I'm going to be hitting on a variety of topics. And part of that is because I've never done a presentation at a coach's clinic before. And so I'm going a little bit more broad in general, um, but going to be hitting on a lot of topics that I'm hoping will be able to help coaches um, kind of build a good team environment and help athletes improve over their time in high school um, and be, be kind of sharing things from our point of view and things that have worked well and, and not uh, the past five or six years. So you, you've seen five or six years, that's how long you've been at Garen. Right. Five was was this the sixth cross country season? Is that why you're saying Correct. five or yes. six years? Yeah, six, six cross country seasons. Before that, you did uh three cross country seasons and I think two track seasons at Carmel. Um mm -hmm. when I when I was the coach. So in that time, the uh you're the girl nominally you're the girls coach and Tom is the boys coach, but really you guys are working together on this. The the boys, you practice at the same times, you do all the same things you're doing work workout plans all of that together between you and tom so in that time the boys made the state meet in 2020 20 mm -hmm. uh and the girls have made it the last two years and then last year you guys uh set the school record and boys and girls four by eight, the boys were eighth or ninth ninth yeah Ninth, and then mm -hmm. Jack Weber came back on the double and was seventh in the sixteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're just gonna it's it's kind of a general overview of of how you run your program. Would you say? I mean, is is there like details in it too in terms of exact workouts, or is it more how to run a whole program and and maybe how you do it at a school that's smaller with it in the makeup of a bunch of large schools? Yeah, I'm going to be hitting on a little bit of both. I'm going to be talking about kind of trying to uh, take your team to the next level um, or, or athletes to the next level that I guess part of the title is raise the floor. So I think that's one of the things we're trying to do as coaches with our own coaching, but also help athletes do is just kind of, uh, you know, take that next step with whatever it is and wherever they are. And coaches are coaching a variety of athletes in terms of talent, ability, experience, interest, et cetera. And so with that, um, I think I'm, I'm going to be talking about some general things from a team-wide perspective, but then also some individual things. I will be sharing some, you know, some examples of weekly 
training from both cross country and track, showing some differences maybe between things like coaching multi-sport athletes, um, coaching boys versus girls, uh, coaching the track season versus the cross country season, et cetera, uh, in the presentation. So a lot of different things that people are going to find meaningful or valuable that, yes, we've had some stars, right? Bridget Gallagher was a star. Her brother was a star. Jack Weber, uh, you found ways to make it work for him. And he had a really, really good senior track season. But also, yeah, we're dealing with things that they don't deal with at HSE or Carmel or Columbus North. Like a lot of our girls play lacrosse or they play tennis or they're playing basketball and we're finding ways to make that work for the individual. Is there anything in there that you think people will be surprised by? Um, I think that most people would expect there to be some more structure with the training plan and what we are doing. Um, for example, most of the time, most of the year, most of the time workouts are communicated to athletes maybe even five minutes before we actually do them. Um, that's not always the case, but a lot of times that happens. And a lot of times we also will rarely do uh, the same workout twice. We do sometimes. Some workouts are, are repeated, but a lot of times within the course of a season, we'll maybe doing a lot of different workouts. And I think that is maybe surprising or unique to some people. Different as in like, the same athlete doesn't do the same workout twice or different as in athletes are doing different things at practice from each other. Uh, different, different as in the same athlete doing the same workout twice in a season that may happen, but it's not like they're doing the same workout six or seven times in a season. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing a bunch of different workouts that are very similar in a lot of ways. They follow, you know, the same, guiding principles or are within a built within a framework um, but they may not be you know exactly the same there's some variety there so your presentation spot is is it eight o'clock on thursday yes eight o'clock on thursday right before the coaches social so you're yeah you're kind of batting cleanup on thursday matt sweetman goes at six eric hines goes at seven Andy Cowan at eight o'clock. And as soon as Andy's done, there is a coaches social, which sometimes can get uh, pretty lively because people are in uh, one, one fixed location. A lot of people drive down and then stay at the Sheraton and they provide a uh, coaches social food, drink, things of that nature. I'm going to do my best. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get there, but uh, eight o'clock bedtime, uh, eight o'clock is the bedtime here but I think I can uh, maybe take maybe take one night off, see my guy do his inaugural presentation, the maiden voyage of the SS Cowan. Right. I'm looking forward to it, definitely. And I know that Coach Sweetman and Coach Hines are going to build it, and I'm just going to try to keep the lights on. Uh, so I've got two of them. One of them I call progress and improvement. I guess that is kind of more like the macro one, and it's about – how, I mean, all of these presentations are about how to get your kids better, right? In everything or how to do better, how to improve yourself as a coach. It's all about improvement, but this is more, here are some things that I suggest, some of them training, more of them team building or environment building um, and, and things that we do that can be applicable to everyone. 
not everything that we do at the school that I coach at is applicable to everybody. Say, hey, alternate your varsity kids. Not every school can do that. Um, not, you know, make sure that uh, you have all 107 kids at practice. Not every school has 107 kids on their team. Uh, the second one is more of a micro thing and looking at, I call it the long game. I think the official title on the uh, schedule building site for the clinic is, uh, oh my gosh, I forget what it is now. Oh, uh, distance, distance training, wow. distance training for a long season. So, and even like taking, okay, here's how many weeks it is from this to this. Here's how many weeks it is from this to this. You need to think through these things and have purposeful planning. Here's what we did. I'm not advocating that every single person copies exactly what we did, but the importance of planning and, and seeing things through. I've sent you these or, or most of these. Um, what do you think? It's hard for me having put it together, although I did ask you the question. What do you think is something about the Carmel boys program that might surprise people? I think the emphasis on every single guy on the team having a role and being able to contribute to the team's success. Yeah. And that's, that's a focal point. I think I'm, I'm at one point I'll even say like, here are the two things that I encourage you the most to implement into your program and number one is coach all of your kids find ways to keep them all around as long as you can and here are some ways to do it here's what we do i know columbus north does the same thing they take a bunch of kids a bunch of kids to that uh running lane national meet and i'd even said at one point because i told this to some coaches who are just like yeah, I think that's great that you do that, but I also think it's crazy and and we don't do it to keep all of the kids around that want to stick around, which isn't every single kid on the team. Some kids are like, this is when it's over. I get my PE credit. See ya. Um, but I remember even saying to another coach, like, you know, a lot of teams would like to have the success that Columbus North or Carmel has, but they're not willing to do some of these things, like keep all the kids around and, and try to invest, uh, keep them invested that those that those schools do and the other is is running hard in practice not every single day but running hard at practice longer than the race distance which in the track season is is very easy or can be easy and in the cross-country season is much more challenging anything else you can think of to entice people to either of our any of our three presentations I think it's interesting to look through the individual training like you've laid out, for example, for an athlete for their course of their entire high school career. And that doesn't even necessarily include like that also includes things like interruptions in training uh, and things you did to help the, that athlete continue to progress um, along the way. So I think that that will be interesting to hitting on some of the broader team wide topics, but then saying walking through sort of an entire athlete's career or portions uh, at different points in time will be interesting, I think, for coaches to kind of see uh, in front of them. Yeah, so when I sent you uh, one of them and you were like, wow, this is like very specific, but knowing the program, it's like, this isn't that specific at all. And so I'm going to get into how can we build engagement? How can we keep our kids more engaged and more invested? And here are five or six things 
And then at one point I'm going to get into, okay, here's one of our kids on the team. I've, you know, kind of kept track of all of, of his training of everybody's training and here's what he did. And here was his long run as a freshman in cross country. And here was his long run as a freshman in track and so on and so forth. And, and the amount of mileage that he ran more or less uh, here were his best workouts. And I just kind of present that all in, in about, uh, I don't know, probably take eight to 10 minutes to kind of go through that for one kid. So people can see exactly what does that progression look like for somebody um, in terms of the the training and the amount of of running that that he's doing, and the 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 guy, the senior is uh, Thomas Biltemeyer, who was twenty first this year at the state meet in cross country. And this was the third time that he ran in the state state cross country meet. Cool. Well, Andy and I are going to hop on to the Patreon, go through some other things um, about the track season, and if you want to hear that, patreoncom Runner. Uh, it's a subscription service and we put some extra stuff on there. We're going to go through coaching corner, what we're doing with our teams right now this week, as we record, uh, which is mid January, it's going to come out a little bit later as a preview to the coaching clinic. And uh, we'll even talk some miscellaneous stuff, basketball and uh, other things like that. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for coming on. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for having me. See ya. I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.